Growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Hey there, April here. I wanted to remind you that Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday are right around the corner, not to mention all the other holiday promotions. There's no denying this is the biggest buying time of the year, and there will be more online shopping than ever before. So if you are ready to create a promotional offer that serves your client and your bank account, then you don't want to miss my upcoming mini workshop. It's a two-hour workshop in which I'll teach you how to create price and promote your holiday special. And as you know, a boring 20% offer just will not cut it this year. So in this workshop, you'll learn how to stand out and create genuine excitement and a frenzy for your offer. And the best part is the workshop's only $47 for the first 50 people that enroll. So message me on social media and I cannot wait to see you in the workshop. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, beautiful. So good to see you. I'm so excited that you're going to join us today, and I'm going to introduce my special guest today, Angela Torresiani. So awesome. So we have a great interview today with Angela, where I'm going to read her bio in just a moment. Um, You'll see CPCP, which is Certified Permanent Cosmetic Professional after Angela's name, because she is also the current president of the Society of Permanent Cosmetic Professionals. She started her career as a tattoo artist and was thrust into permanent makeup work when she had her lips tattooed to cover up a childhood scar. She's apprenticed as a tattoo artist in Brooklyn, New York in 1997 and was introduced to PMU Permanent Makeup in 2003 and decided to retire from body tattooing in 2012 to focus on permanent cosmetics. And she joined the Society of Permanent Cosmetic Professionals in 2018. And again, like we said, she is currently the president And the name, I don't have it here, of, is it Flawless Beauty is the name of your spa? Yeah, close. So I joined the SPCP, I think, in 2013, but I got on the board in 2018. And our spa is Flawless Permanent Cosmetics and Spa in Staten Island, New York. Yay. So obviously you guys probably can see the New York connection and know that, again, I've known Angela for a long time. And she has, again, you can see such an array of experience. And what's so fantastic is she also is really good at just giving you that information. Like she's an open book. She's very relatable. So I think you're going to find this interview very helpful. But um, Angela, thank you for being here. Welcome, welcome. Why don't you tell about that transition from traditional tattoo artist to permanent cosmetic and how that was different for you? Um, Yeah, so I guess the shortest way to do this long story is that I didn't have an intention of being a tattoo artist at all. I was going to school for criminology, and I was actually working as a aerobics instructor. 
at a Lucille Roberts and there was this girl in my class who was just like covered in tattoos. And we're talking 1996 when like women did not have tattoos. And I just thought she was so cool. And I was, I wasn't even 18 at the time yet. And I became friends with her. She was a tattoo artist and she kind of ushered me into tattooing kind of like in an apprenticeship where I really didn't know what was going on. It was like, you know, Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can you grab this for me? And before I knew it, I was tattooing and I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And so fast forward, I was working as a tattoo artist because we were military and we were moving around and, you know, it's hard to find work. An army guy has always won tattoos, right? So there's always work available for that. Yeah. And I was at a barbecue and I, I have this big scar right here on my lip. I got burnt when I was a kid and uh-huh. I kept, you know, we're at a barbecue drinking, eating, putting lipstick on. And this girl comes over to me, one of the other army wives. And she's like, you know, I see that you keep doing that. And I said, yeah, I a scar. And she said, well, you know, why don't you let me make that permanent for you? And I was like, what are you going to do? Tattoo my face? And she was like, yeah, yeah, actually. Uh-huh. I thought, okay. You know, like it, I, this was like 2003. I had not six years tattooing. I, it never occurred to me. So I went and had it done and kind of fell in love with the process. And I learned under her and the rest is kind of history. So I didn't, there wasn't a transition really. It was kind of like I was forced into one. And then I just got the other one thrown on top of me. That's so funny. And so a lot has changed since that time, right? And so much has changed in our industry. It's always evolving. What do you see is one of the biggest struggles for permanent cosmetic artists growing and starting a business? What do you find is like one of their key struggles? One of the struggles is already kind of almost over. I think that let's say, let's go back five years or even 10 years where the permanent makeup industry and the tattoo industry was so far apart and nobody wanted to share information. And everybody was kind of taught that everything was so different. And there were those of us that fought to say like, no, we're brothers and sisters. You know, we're, we're not twins. We're like eyebrows. We're not <laughs> we're sisters, not twins, you know, and now with all of these companies coming together and marrying tattooing world with permanent makeup world, I think it's gotten so much easier for artists to kind of come into the business and get good quality products, good training, all that kind of stuff. So I think that the harder things that were there for us have gotten a little easier for new artists. But now, of course, with its popularity, it's how do you stand out in the crowd? Like, how do you rise yourself above everyone else that's around you and be different? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have now that leads me right to the next one. So what are your tips or what have you found works for you? Because everybody's going to have to find their own secret sauce, right? And that's actually one of the things that we do in the Elevate program is help people find what's unique and different about them and package that up. But what have you found works for you? Yeah. So I feel like everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own personality. I think, and I tell people all the time that like, just because Like I, maybe I could win every award that was ever given to permanent makeup artists all across the world. And I'm the best permanent makeup artist ever. But if you don't like me or you don't like my work, then I'm not the artist for you. And so I feel like my dad always used to say that there's a butt for every seat. And I feel like that's very true. And so if you, you know, kind of stick to your style and not try to copy other people that there's going to be a natural kind of flow that comes to you instead of somebody else. And so... Even when I'm teaching, I like to teach the technique. I like to teach the basics and the technical skills. And then I tell my students, you know, figure out who you are. 
your brow is going to be different than my brow. We could work right next door to each other and you're going to have your own following. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so good. It's one of those like basic things of find, be true to who you are, but it's so, it's so easy to say sometimes, but so hard to do to really find our value and um, do the hard work of looking inside. Like we want to just say, Oh, well that's working for them. Let me do that. Or that's working for them. And what works for them might not work for you. Right. Especially if you're in a different market. So if you're in a market where somebody's like the industry is different or maybe they're a little behind the times or, you know, there's all kinds of things that go come into play. What also would you say is one of the things that helped you grow? Like maybe a something that you came had an obstacle that you had to overcome or triumph that has helped you grow? It's a great question. And it's going to sound like a total SPCP plug, but it's the truth. You know, I've always had two loves. So my first love was criminology, forensics, things like that. And that's what I was going to school for. And tattooing for me was the job that I had to get me through school. It gave me the flexibility, you know, with having children and moving and all that stuff. And so it, to me, it was not going to be my career. But as I became so in love with it, that I got to a point where it was like 50-50. Like I love them both so much. And like, what do I do? And I think it was like, 2015, maybe we were in Orlando for an SBCP event. I was hanging out with Karen Betts and we were kind of talking and it was time for finals and stuff. And so like, I was stressed out and, you know, we were talking about that and she was like, well, you know, you need to give one of these up. And I was like, you know, well, I can, like, I, I love them both. I don't, I don't know which one I would give up. And she was like, well, which one makes you more money? And I thought, you know, even though as much as I love the forensics and everything, it's it, you work for the city, you work for the state, the money is not there, the flexibility is not there. And so I left that convention saying to myself, you know what, I'm going to finish out this semester and I'm going to focus on permanent cosmetics. And I nearly tripled my business. Like I scaled so big. I just poured all my time and attention into just doing that. Yeah. Um, nearly tripled, you know, my income and my business and everything. And since then, you know, I expanded a lot bigger. And now, like, as you know, Elsa and I combined forces and built this enormous spa. So it's literally been nothing but up or I don't know, we've been going (laughs) up, but it's been a downhill, easy slide. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. And wait, what year was that again? What year did you say that was? I think it was like 2015, um, somewhere around there. But it was definitely the turning point for me because like she really made me, you know, look, it was, we were, you know, drinking margaritas in the hot tub and it wasn't a deep conversation, but it stuck with me. It stuck with me so hard that I was like, you know what, I really need to make a decision. And that was such an obstacle for me to give up something that I loved so much and that I had dedicated so much of my life to in order to focus on the other thing that I loved. Yeah. Well, you know, what always happens is when you get focused on something, right? If your attention is scattered, right? And this is for a lot of people. And I would just also bring this back to marketing. If you're trying to do a little bit of Pinterest and a little bit of Instagram and a little bit of Facebook and, you know, a little bit SEO, if you're marketing, if your attention is scattered, it's going to be completely different than if your attention is focused like a laser, you know, like a light. And when you decide to go, and also that idea of, I love that idea of like, I'm going all in, like, cause there's some, there's an energy, there's a mental 
energy about going all in, you know, like that expression when you burn the boats. And Tony Robbins says it a lot, but other people have said it before him that, you know, the only way to take the island is to burn the boats when there's like no other plan B. Like you're like, I'm all in. And, and this might be the time that a lot of people with COVID and so forth have decided like, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Maybe I'm not as passionate as I thought I was. So you went all in and you've just had like growth, growth and stepped it up, up, up. Yeah. You know, and at that point, like the bigger you go, the harder you're afraid to fall. And so it gets scarier and scarier. And, you know, for us, like we literally went all in. I think I found money that belonged to me in past lives to build this spa. And so when we did this and we were so proud of it and we were like launched it in last September and just as things really started to like kind of come together and congeal, we got hit with COVID closures. And so that was like, take the wind out of your sails kind of thing. And trying to find the motivation to stick with it and to say like, you know what, like you said, we burn the boats. We have no boats. We, we yeah. don't even have limmies. We've got nothing. So we're going to island work. Yes. And that's what we did. Like we've spent, you know, the whole time focusing more on marketing houses in your marketing course, right? So we focused on marketing and Instagram and all that other stuff. And we were like, you know what, we just have to do what we got to do, make it work. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, nobody wants to go through that, but it's so easy to just stay like, I say in the fine coma or like mediocre, like, oh, it's good enough or it's good, you know, and not really get outside of your comfort zone. But when you have to, you know, when you are like, this is all in. And I just also love that the intentionality and the energy behind, you know, when you're like lit up about something and when you are just in that mood, all I can think of is just like energy and in that motion, that forward momentum, really, like you said, money starts to come to you, like things just start to show up. And there've been stories of that all throughout history where people have said, you know, it, when I was focusing on negative things, it just kept on feeling like I couldn't get a break. And when you are starting to look at positive things, now life will happen. Sure. Everybody has, like nobody could have predicted COVID, but when you were in that positive momentum, it was just moving, moving, moving for you. Okay. Awesome. I feel like, you know, all of those giant success stories, like JK Rollins was living in a car when she wrote that first book, Famous Amos was homeless when he, with the cookies and, you know, like, I don't want to hit rock bottom before I get, you know, but I do feel like that that's kind of, you know, I know you can't bleep me out, so I'll bleep myself, but it's a blanket or get off the pot kind of attitude. Yes. We do this or what are we going to do? Like quit our jobs and go work at a somewhere for minimum wage or something like that's not an option. So yeah, it's go straight forward. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love that, you know, some people have that fire in them. And I feel like that is the fire that you need to have to be a beauty business owner or really just a business owner, but definitely a beauty business owner, because it's not like a doctor where everybody's going to come to us. Like we are, I always like to say that we are a necessary luxury. (laughs) You know, it's kind of one of those things that it's not necessary, but it, and it's not totally a luxury, but like, it's not something that is conventional. So we have to be a little bit more scrappy and resourceful to get out there and make it happen. What trends do you see happening in the PMU or beauty industry? Because we've had, you know, anything like, you know, I'm not asking you to predict, but like what changes have you seen or predictions do you have that might trends that you see happening in the future? I definitely am starting to see, you know, I think like we kind of reached that peak of crazy trendy things and now it's starting to kind of level out and come back down. 
we're getting kind of back to the basics. People are, are going back towards micro shading or powder brows or ombre, whatever you want to call it. And we know that those are the techniques that are tried and true. They last the best, best outcome. They fade the best, they age the best. And so it's really nice to see people starting to come back to that and then take it up a notch. Like these are not the powder brows of 20 years ago either. And so the level of art and artistic talent and, and everything, the bar is so high right now. And I think that that's amazing because, you know, there's days when you open up your Instagram, you're like, I'm not going to work today. and and then there's other days you look at those same artists and you're like you know what I'm gonna do that I'm doing exactly that today and so I think it's wonderful that the bar is set so high right now but that also like we're we're taking the old techniques and we're just making them a lot better yeah so true okay so my next question is you know was there something that you overcame like a big thing that you overcame when starting other than this COVID, which is pretty big for everybody, that there was a big lesson or was there a lesson even out of COVID that you had? Well, I think we have all kind of learned the same lesson from COVID, but taking it back all the way back to when I was first tattooing, what happened was we moved from Georgia to Houma, Washington. I had no friends, no family. We didn't know anybody there. My daughter was only eight months old. And at six months old, she was in a coma for three days. So I had a very rough pregnancy. A lot of things went wrong. She had that issue. So it was a time where it was really, really difficult for me to leave my daughter and go to work, things like that. And we had a spare room in the house and, you know, I'm totally willing to admit this, but like I tattooed at home, right? And it was a separate room. So it was set up properly and I did my very best to be as proper as possible. But that was the only way for us to survive at that time. Um, You know, because I wouldn't put my daughter in daycare. I was too afraid. And as I started kind of gaining some momentum in the neighborhood and getting known, I wanted to go into a shop. So I took my portfolio and I shopped around and some people just weren't interested. And there was one guy who told me that I was horrible, that I would never be a good tattoo artist. And he specifically said, keep ruining people's tattoos because I'll make money fixing them. Right? Yeah. So we lived in Seattle for six years. Shortly after I got all of my no's, you know, like we always have these success stories about how many times we were told no. I ended up renting a small space in another place, like a small studio space. And I had a private tattoo studio there. And for the next five years, I worked exclusively out of there, sometimes 14 hours a day. Like I was a workhorse in that tattoo shop. And the guy who had originally told me that he had some drug problems and he was not a great artist to begin with. I got a lot of his work that came through my shop and I took pictures of everything that I fixed, everything that I corrected. And I kept a separate little portfolio. And when we left, when we moved from there, I went back to his shop and I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but like you pooped all over me and told me that you were going to make money off of my bad work. And I was like, well, here is the fortune that I made off of you. So thank you. And I I gave him that and I walked out and it was one of the most, like, I was so proud of myself that like, that I didn't let this kind of deter me. And, you know, maybe my start was a little more humble, but like I kept at it and I worked at it and I, I was successful in that, you know, during that. And so like, you know, the, of course the school special uh, moral of the story there is that like, you know, just because a few people think that you're not their cup of tea doesn't mean that you stop, you know, if you passion, keep pushing forward and, you know, you'll find your way, you'll find your success. 
Well, also, I'm sure you've heard stories like Michael Jordan was cut from the basketball team when he was like in high school or something. Like you hear these stories, like there's that expression, like every master was once a disaster. You know, like we all have to start somewhere. So when somebody like poo-poos on you or says that you're not going to do it, then, you know, there's that will spark a fire to prove them wrong, right? And go, and I love that, that you like kept the, I mean, I would have priceless to see the look on his face of just like. Yeah, I, I wish that it was like now where we had, because this was like 2006. So like, I wish that I had <laughs> a phone or a GoPro just to get the look on his face. But it made me feel very proud to be able to, and not that I wanted to, you know, poop on him, but right. it made me very proud to know that like this man shot me down and tried to make me feel really bad about myself. And I knew that my work was good. And I think that he was just kind of afraid to have me as that competition. And I didn't let it stop me. And, you know, like I'm here today. So clearly, you know, I've got something going for me and I didn't let that kind of stop me and say like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And he was probably afraid that he would, you know, lose some clients. And like, that's what, you know, they say, there's that other expression that fear and faith cannot live in the same spot in your brain. Like you cannot, if you're either going to believe with the faith or you're going to be fearful. And then obviously the fear took him down. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I know people always want to know, do you have a favorite needle machine? That type of thing. Do you have a, your go-to? Yeah. So can we, we can do product names and things like that. Yeah. Tell me what you like. All right. So I am a huge fan of the Zion S. It's like my go-to machine. Um, I like everything about it. Pretty much the one that I use for everything. If I'm not using that, I'm using my old tried and true Cheyenne. For single needle, for hair strokes, I'm absolutely in love with the Vertex uh, needle, the super fine one. Yes. I've also really fallen in love with the Quadra needles. Yeah, from Ultimate Tattoo Supply. And that's yeah. also where I get my perma blend because that is my pigment of choice. You know, I was always an LI girl um, and I definitely still love them. Kelsey uses them as well. And we, we switch pigments all the time, but there's a there's a time and a place for everything, right? And so like when I need the, the LI look, like I go for that one. And then my go-to is usually perma blend. Perma blend, awesome. And do you have a favorite brows, eyeliner, lips? I think you love lips the most, right? Yeah, I absolutely love lips. And I don't know if it's because that's how I came into it. I just, I love doing them. I think they're tons of fun. I like everything about them. And for me, they're very easy. I I don't want to say that I hate eyeliner, but I struggle with mm-hmm. eyeliner. Um, I find it very difficult to get the right stretch and things like that. And so like, I just enjoy lips a yeah. lot. Yeah. And what's your go-to needles for lips? So I like to, if I'm doing a full lip, I like to go for the outline with a 7RL and then I will either do 7RS for the inside or a nine curve magnum. Mm, Nice. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, depending on the integrity of the lip and, and everything else. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. So now I have one of those philosophical questions for you that I just love because I just love these type of questions. And that is if, what would you tell like your younger self? Like if there was a piece of advice or, you know, a piece of advice for, you know, the struggling artists out there, the ones that's just like, I don't know if I can keep going or, you know, anything like that. What is that? Words of wisdom you got? Oh, let's see. You know, I I think it's the same advice that Karen gave me. Like, you know, 
the pooper get off the pot kind of attitude. Like either this is not, it's not a hobby. It's not a 50, 50. It's not what you're doing until you finish your degree. It's you really got to put your heart and soul into it if you want to be really good at it. And if you really want to scale your business and be successful and be good at it. But something that I do that I have always done, and I like to age myself now, I started tattooing in, in 97. So like this, it's over 20 years that I've been you know, holding the tattoo machine. And there is not a single day that I pick that machine up where I'm not a little doubtful of myself. And so something that I do is whenever I am ready, like when I'm ready to go out of my door and go get my client and bring her into my room, before I even open up the door, I take, like I close my eyes, I take a really deep breath and I put this ridiculous smile on my face, right? Because we know that if we, if you force yourself to be happy, you'll be happy. And if you put a sad face on, you'll be sad, right? So like, that's my pep talk. You know, like, so if I'm feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling amazing today or whatever, like I give myself that little two second pep talk and I just like, and then I go out and I get my clients and like, sometimes you need to do that. And it doesn't matter if, if it's your first eyebrow or if it's 20 something years into it, I do it yeah. every single time. I love that. So I love that because I don't know if you've ever heard of the laugh experiment. And they have groups of this now where you can go like for people that are like feeling down or just want to go and you can go and join people that laugh. And, you know, they've done all kinds of studies about how laughter is good for you and all the, uh, you know, dopamine and endorphins and things, chemicals it releases in the brain. And so one of the things my girls and I like to do, my, my little kids, is like if somebody is like in a bad mood or just like not having a bad day or just kind of like in a little bit of a funk, we start doing a fake laugh. And so I'm going to have you do it with me. Anybody wants to do it at home. And you just go like this. Ha ha, ha 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 ha. Do it with me. Angela. Okay. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 
right? And so it's not just the work, but it's the mental fatigue sometimes of like all the decisions that you have to make, right? Like, do I do this marketing or do I have to call that client back or this customer service issue or just, it's just all on you, right? So that can be heavy. Like that is a heavy load, right, to carry. And so, right, if you can do things that kind of psych yourself out, I'm all for it. (laughs) Smile while driving and then take some of that forward. So tell us about where they can find you and what's going on for you. Okay, so I am in New York City, in Staten Island, New York. We have a beautiful brand new spa that we built for permanent cosmetics and other services. And we also have an amazing training room. So uh, if you are a trainer and interested in hosting a class in the New York City area, we'd love to have you. If you want to come out and train in person, we'd love to have you too. And we are flawless SI, like Staten Island, all one word, flawlesssi.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm PMU by Angela. And then Flawless Staten Island is the spot. And then our training is Teach Me PMU. So on Instagram and and our websites, Teach Me PMU. Awesome. So, so good. So much fun, Angela. I love that you are here. And just, I love there was so many gems through this. So there's so many things I love that you know, Angela, she did what she needed to do. You know, even when she first started to that whole, she got resourceful, the whole burn the boats, you know, take the island attitude. She gets it done. And also that she looks at the market, right? She thinks about what she needs to do and she makes an action plan. So she decided for her business that she's going to go all in. And even when you don't feel like it, because let's just be honest, there's days that you do not feel like it. And And I also follow all of your things, every single post and every single email and every little thing. Like I'm paying attention. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think the thing is that I've really noticed over the last couple of years of not just having my own business, but, you know, working with my students is the market is always evolving, not just the permanent makeup and not just the beauty industry, but even, you know, what's happening all around us, right? And people's attention spans are getting shorter. We know this. There's digital distraction. And so it is, like Angela said, it's harder to stand out and we have to be savvy in our business. You don't, you don't have time to waste it on things that don't work and just crossing your fingers, hoping that it will work because it works for somebody else. Like Angela said, don't look at what anybody else is doing. Find out what works for you and then go all in on it and your marketing and things like that. So find a system that proven to get results. And I always say has the best return on your investment of time and go for it. So yeah, like you need to pivot, you know, like if it's, we got hit with COVID, you know, we had to find other ways to, to advertise, make money, things like that. Like you need to learn to pivot. And I, I think that that's super important, especially right now. You know, if the market, if your market's saturated with eyebrows, then go to lips. If, if it's yeah. lip or eyeliner, then like learn scar camo or something like learn to pivot. Yeah. I have a client, a student in my Elevate program. And, you know, I talk to my students and just follow up with them on, you know, even though she just, she started her business and then in July of last year and then moved her business in January of this year. And then we would know how this year has gone, but she, her business has grown, grown and grown because what she did is she specialized. She found her secret sauce and all of that, that we teach in the marketing and her focus is eyeliner. 
So she's going like gangbusters and a rock star when all around her, if you've heard about like the Red Sea and Blue Ocean, that type of thing, Red Ocean, Blue Ocean, when all around her is brows, she's rocking out the eyeliners. So yeah, find what you love to do and go for it. And so then the last thing I would just say for everybody is not only follow Angela, because she also has such great stuff that she puts out. Thank you, everybody. And especially thank you, Angela, because you're just always so awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. And guys, also just to let you know, also SPCP has a lot of exciting things going on with, um, yeah, do you want to tell them a few things that are happening with that? So, you know, again, learn to pivot, right? So like SBCP is kind of known for our in-person events. We do two events a year and we couldn't do that this year, not in the spring and not in the fall. So we brought it online. We did virtual convention, which is available uh, through the SPCP.org website. Um, We also know that a lot of times um, people especially when you're new, you you put your business together and you get everything all at once. So your membership, your insurance, like everything comes up at the same time. So instead of doing yearly payments, we've broken it down into monthly, easy monthly payments. $29 a month is all it takes to be a member. And now we're also kind of revamping the website and adding tons of amazing content and free value inside the members area. So a lot of big changes happening over at SPCP. Um, taking on the presidency has definitely been a challenge, but so far it's been fun. Um, I'll let you know in a year or two if I'm still, um, you know, just putting on my big pep talk smile or if we're doing (laughs) okay. But yeah, like, you know, the, the industry is evolving. We're evolving with it. CPCP is online now. You do not have to come to an event. Like so many amazing things going on. So check that out over at sbcp.org. Yes. So, so good. Okay. Bye everyone. Thanks, Angela. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about and also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.